You're listening to Truly Criminal, the home of true crime. To see the video version of this case, including the footage and photos, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Truly Criminal. Paramedics are immediately dispatched to the scene. The park is pitch black and the minimal lighting from the nearby streetlights makes it almost impossible to assess the situation. Both victims have sustained life-threatening injuries and have been left for dead. The attack is so severe, emergency services have trouble differentiating whether or not the victims were male or female. The police quickly arrive on scene and need to work out who the pair are. A search of one of the victim's pockets reveals documentation showing him to be a young man called Robert Maltby. This documentation also provides officers with an address for him. They still don't know who the other person is. Investigators go straight to Robert Maltby's house, and his family confirm that the other person with him is most likely his girlfriend, Sophie Lancaster. The hunt was now on to find the person or persons responsible for this shocking and brutal attack. The assault on Robert and Sophie had taken place in the skate park in Stubby Lee Park, so the police began their search there for any evidence that could lead them to whoever had done this. They found a rucksack, several bottles and cans, two pools of blood and bloody footprints. All this evidence was vital, as it could help the investigating team determine who had been at the skate park. While the forensic search of the area got underway, Detective Chief Inspector Dean Holden and his team began to focus on other lines of inquiry. They needed to identify key witnesses that could help them fill in the gaps, and paint a broader picture of what had transpired in the early morning hours of the 11th of August. Officers found out and conducted door-to-door inquiries in and around the town, In the first few hours of the investigation, around 15 young people had been interviewed. They were reluctant to talk and provide any accounts to the police. Due to the apparent fear of talking, DCI Holden decided to change strategy. He made the decision to bring in junior officers, ones who wouldn't normally take a central role in an investigation as complex and difficult as this one. The role of these junior officers was to build up a rapport and trust with the young witnesses, and get them to open up about what it was they had seen that night. Sylvia Lancaster woke up early on Saturday morning and had gone to the gym and done some shopping. After arriving home, she opened her front door and found a card lying on the floor. It was from the police, requesting that she call them immediately. Confused and concerned, she picked up the phone and there were 14 messages on the answering machine. She had only been gone for an hour. Before she could dial the number on the card, her son Adam called. He explained that his sister and Robert had been the victims of a horrific attack and were now in intensive care fighting for their lives. Adam and Sylvia went straight to Rochdale Infirmary. 
When they entered the intensive care unit, they saw their beloved Sophie. A big chunk of her hair had been pulled out and she had been kicked repeatedly in the head and body. News of the attack had also spread to the local community. The random and seemingly motiveless assault had left the community shocked and appalled. Nobody could understand why anybody would want to hurt Robert and Sophie in such a brutal way. Sophie Lancaster had been born on the 26th of November 1986 to parents John and Sylvia. The youngest child of the couple, her mother described her as quite shy and introverted, but she could be chatty and bubbly if in the right mood and around the right people. After attending the local school, she had taken a gap year and wanted to study English at Accrington and Rossendale College. When she was 17, she began a relationship with Robert. They both shared a big interest in and attachment to the goth subculture and used this to express themselves. Her interest in the alternative scene and style had started around the age of 11 and she would later become a big part of the alternative community. Both were intelligent, sensitive and avoided trouble sticking closely to their friendship group and to each other. At the age of 20, Sophie moved seven miles to the town of Baycup to live with Robert. It was in this quaint community that the feeling of safety and security residents had was shattered. As the investigation moved forward, the young officers had started making progress with the witnesses. It became apparent that there were five key individuals. A 15-year-old witness told police they were running over and just kicking her in the head and jumping up and down on her head. News travelled fast in the small town of Bakeup and it soon became common knowledge exactly who the police were looking for. By the Sunday evening, Sylvia said she knew all their names and where they lived. Three of the suspects were arrested at their homes and the other two handed themselves into the police the following day. When the suspects were interviewed at Burnley Police Station, they initially denied any involvement, but as the questioning continued... Two of the suspects admitted they had been at the park that night and also admitted to hitting Robert Maltby once. None admitted to the attack on Sophie Lancaster. They also would not confess to a group attack against either of them. It soon came to light that two of the suspects, 16-year-old Ryan Herbert and 15-year-old Brendan Harris, had a history of violence. In a previous incident, they had kicked and punched somebody to the ground, which luckily didn't result in any major injuries. As the questioning of the boys continued, a team was dispatched to their homes to retrieve the clothes they had been wearing that night. Ryan Herbert's clothes appeared to have blood on them. The scientific analysis would be vital, as with the other boys' clothes, it wasn't clear whether certain stains were blood or not. Before long, there would be another lead. Investigators looked into the movements of Robert Maltby and Sophie Lancaster on the night of the attack. They were able to identify a garage on Market Street that they had called in at whilst they were heading to the park. When looking further into the garage, they discovered in the early morning hours, within an hour of the attack in Stubbley Park, a male had been seen near the garage hosepipe and appeared to be washing blood off his hands and face. Unfortunately for the police, the CCTV system wasn't working, so no footage had been gathered. As they continued to investigate, despite this appearing to be a promising lead, it turned out to be unconnected. The man had been assaulted in a completely separate incident, and this was corroborated by several witnesses. Despite the setback, DCI Holden's hunch to use younger officers started to pay off. One witness came forward and said they had seen the attack on Robert and Sophie. 
One day after the attack on Sunday the 12th of August, all five boys, Ryan Herbert, Brendan Harris, Joseph Holm, Daniel Holm and Daniel Mallett, all aged 15 and 16, were charged with grievous bodily harm with intent for the assault on Robert Maltby. Due to insufficient evidence at the time, they weren't charged with the attack on Sophie Lancaster. But as it happened straight after the attack on Robert, officers were relatively satisfied that either the whole group or a few individuals from it had attacked Sophie. As they had no history of violence, the other three suspects were released on bail. Ryan Herbert and Brendan Harris were remanded in custody at a Young Offenders Institute. In the first week since the attack, it was hoped that Sophie and Robert would recover. Whilst Robert began to show signs of improvement and would later come out of his coma, Sophie's condition was significantly worse. She was suffering from brain damage and her prognosis wasn't good. DCI Holden decided that in order to gather more evidence about the extent of her injuries, he needed to use a new technique. He had a forensic pathologist visit her while she was in the intensive care unit. The medical practitioners who were looking after her could give their expert advice on what the injuries were, and the pathologist could give advice on how the injuries had been caused. DCI Holden wanted to ensure that the full extent of her injuries was known before they began to heal this giving the pathologist the chance to give their opinion on how they had been sustained. The pathologist concluded that the head injuries Sophie had sustained had come from being kicked by more than one person. Based on the forensic evidence and the testimony of the witness, the police now had enough to charge for the assault on Sophie Lancaster. All five boys were brought back into custody. Despite the best efforts of the medical staff caring for her, Sophie continued to deteriorate. Ten days after the attack on the 21st of August, she was sent for a brain scan. Tragically, it showed no function. Her family were faced with the unbearable, turning off her life support and saying goodbye to their beloved Sophie. Due to all the wires and machines, her mother couldn't hold her, so the night before, Sylvia stayed at her bedside and did her daughter's hair for her, as it was the only part of her body she could touch. As the curtains around her bed were pulled shut, her mother lay down with her and held her as she died. Sophie succumbing to her injuries meant this was no longer an assault investigation. This was a major murder inquiry. DCI Holden and his team were determined to get justice for her and Robert. On suspicion of murder, all five boys were interviewed again. What became apparent was that the dynamics of the group had now changed with Sophie's death. Members of the group who might not have attacked Sophie themselves were now keen to say who had done what and distance themselves from her murder. Brendan Harris told officers that Ryan Herbert had committed the attack on Sophie completely by himself. Harris said that Herbert had volley-kicked Sophie in the back of the head and made a comment that as she was a witness, she had to be killed. Brendan Harris also denied that he had attacked Sophie. Ryan Herbert answered no comments throughout his interview. The results of the forensic investigation came back and Ryan Herbert's clothes had the most forensic evidence on them. He had blood belonging to both Sophie and Robert splashed up the inside of his trousers, as well as on the bottom of his trainers. The forensic scientists concluded that this blood could have only got onto his clothes and shoes if he was either walking in a pool of blood, or more likely, stomping on the victims while they were bleeding profusely. The prime suspect for Sophie's murder was Herbert, 
While he was in custody at Lancaster Young Offenders Institute, his phone calls were monitored. He called his mother and she told him that although Sophie had died, he had nothing to worry about if he wasn't involved. Herbert responded, Well, I was. DCI Holden's team had to make a formal application to the prison service to allow them to use this call as evidence at a potential trial. The police bugged the van that Herbert and Harris were travelling in from the Young Offenders Institute. During the conversation in the back of the van, Herbert made reference to kicking Sophie Lancaster like a football. This matched with the findings of the pathologist, who argued that the injuries had been sustained from being severely kicked in the head, alongside the witness statements. Although Herbert had taken a central role, police believed that all five boys had played a role in the attack and so bared an equal responsibility for what had happened. If they could prove joint enterprise, whether or not every single boy had physically attacked her wouldn't matter. Ryan Herbert, Brendan Harris, Joseph Holm, Daniel Holm and Daniel Mallett were charged with the murder of Sophie Lancaster. Sophie Lancaster and her boyfriend were attacked back in August. Five youths have been charged with murder and grievous bodily harm. I can't explain um, how much a loss, a loss means because... You know, you, there's lots of issues to deal with, um, and I suppose that gets better, I suppose, every day or, or over time. Um, and you've got to try and rationalise it, and there is no rational, rational explanation for any of it. By early November, Robert's condition had improved to the point that he was able to leave hospital, but the mental and physical scars of the brutal attack he had endured coupled with the murder of his beloved girlfriend, were huge. He was, however, determined that he would say goodbye to Sophie and so joined loved ones at her funeral. At Sophie's funeral, a goodbye kiss from her boyfriend, Rob. She died trying to shield him from the blows. All you can do is hope that as time goes on, it does get easier. But I'm beginning to think that that's not true. The trial was set for March 2008. The lawyers acting for Ryan Herbert tried to have the charge of murder reduced to manslaughter on the basis that he had diminished responsibility. The grounds for their argument centred around the fact that he had autism. The police had an expert on autism come to Lancashire prior to the trial and she carried out her own assessment of him. Following this, she concluded he was not autistic. His lawyer's defence was subsequently withdrawn. The trial began at Preston Crown Court. When it came to the charge of grievous bodily harm with intent against Robert Maltby, all five boys entered a plea of guilty. On the first day of the arguments, a shocking twist came. Brian Herbert admitted to killing Sophie Lancaster. 
recently five teenagers were charged with her murder and also with inflicting grievous bodily harm on her boyfriend. But that trial due to start here today, at the last minute there were late changes and late developments. First, a 16-year-old defendant pleaded guilty to her murder and to the assault charge relating to Robert Maltby. He'll be sentenced at a later date. Following this, the Police and Crown Prosecution Service made the difficult decision to withdraw the murder charge against three of the boys. According to DCI Holden, Herbert's admission diluted the evidence against Joseph Holm, Daniel Holm and Daniel Mallett. And what their defence teams were arguing was that the attack on Robert and the murder of Sophie were two separate incidents, and that whilst they had been involved in the first, they hadn't been involved in the second. For their roles in the attack on Robert Maltby and following a plea of guilty for this charge, Joseph Holm was sentenced to five years and ten months. His brother Daniel Holm got five years and ten months too, and Daniel Mallett received four years and four months. Robert Maltby was not in court when his attackers were sentenced, but a lawyer read out a statement on his behalf. Before all this happened, I was settled into a life quite independent. Now I'm finding the whole world a terrifying place. This meant that the prosecution now had to prove that Brendan Harris had murdered Sophie. Two of them then turned their attention to Sophie, the 15-year-old defendant who denies her murder here today, and another teenager who has already admitted killing her. Now, the 15-year-old has denied murder and the trial is continuing. And what was actually said about the attack on Sophie? Well, the prosecution says that Sophie was on her knees at the time that she was attacked by two youths, that she was calling out for help and crying out to try and stop people attacking her boyfriend. She came under a sustained and vicious attack. She was punched, kicked and stamped on. We heard one statement read out that was uh, given by a witness in the park. It said, it looked like they were running over and just like kicking her in the head and jumping up and down on their head or something. They were kicking her all over her head. Now, we've also heard that ambulance men who arrived at the scene couldn't actually tell the sex initially of the casualties because their injuries were so bad. Robert pulled through. Sophie died 14 days later after the attack. Well, our chief reporter, Dave Guest, has been following today's evidence at Preston Crown Court from where he joins us now. Uh, what involvement did the boy say he had in those events on August the 11th last year, Dave? Well, the 15-year-old admits that he was in Stubbley Park on that fateful August night when Sophie Lancaster was kicked and punched to death. He admits punching Sophie's boyfriend, Robert Maltby, in the face once, but says he never laid so much as a finger on Sophie. He says it was a 16-year-old who attacked Sophie and killed her. Now, that 16-year-old has already admitted Sophie's murder, but the prosecutors here at Preston say this was a joint enterprise between the 16-year-old and the 15-year-old who's currently on trial. He, of course, denies the charge of murder that's laid against him. Did the 15-year-old explain why he hit Robert Maltby? He said today there was no justification or explanation for what he did. He said he'd been drinking heavily on the night. He'd had two litres of cider before he even arrived in the park that night. And he says when he was there with other youths, he'd been drinking lager and also peach schnapps. Now, he remembered somebody saying, hit him, meaning Robert Maltby, and so he did. He says Robert laughed after being punched, and then others joined the attack. He said at that point, he withdrew, and he saw the 16-year-old kicking Sophie as she was on the floor trying to protect her injured boyfriend. 
It would soon become clearer and the police and prosecutors were eventually able to piece together what they believed had happened that night. Sophie and Robert had been at a friend's house on the outskirts of Bakeup and they had had some drinks as the night had progressed. They left at around 11.40pm and set off on foot to head back to their home in Bakeup Town Centre. They made a slight diversion and went to the garage on Market Street to buy some cigarettes. It was here that they were seen by a group of young girls who were interested in their alternative style. After striking up a friendly conversation and talking, they agreed to join the girls at a second location on Park Road, yards away from the entrance to Stubby Lee Park. Before long, they decided to head to the skate park. When they got there, the five suspects were already there. While Robert and Sophie were getting on very well with the group of girls, the group of boys, in reference to Robert, made comments like, let's batter him. Brendan Harris stepped forward and punched Robert in the face, before the other boys joined in and proceeded to kick him to the ground. As the attack escalated, the other people in the park fled. Sophie went to hold her boyfriend after he had been savagely kicked about the head. It was then that Harris and Herbert went on to attack Sophie Lancaster. What was not clear was why. Why had this group of boys targeted a young couple who were just going about their business? Sophie's mother Sylvia's theory was that because Robert and Sophie were alternative, this was the motive for the attack. During the long hours at Sophie's bedside in hospital, Sylvia had decided that when her daughter was better, they would go into schools and talk to young people about difference and how it is okay to be who you are and express yourself through your own unique style. Tragically, Sylvia would never get to do this with Sophie. The defendant who denies murdering Sophie has already admitted, along with four other teenagers, seriously assaulting her boyfriend. At Preston Crown Court, Michael Shorrock, QC, prosecuting, said the gang, like a pack of wild animals, savagely and mercilessly attacked and beat up Robert Maltby. He and Sophie had been singled out, he said, not for anything they had said or done, but because they looked and dressed differently to the defendant and his friends. Harris's defence was that Herbert had committed the attack on Sophie on his own, and that the forensic evidence didn't link him directly to the crime. Despite the lack of forensics, the police did have a witness testimony saying they had seen Harris kicking Sophie. They also had the expert advice of the pathologist who had examined Sophie while she was in the intensive care unit, concluding that the attack had been committed by at least two people. The jury had reached their verdict. Brendan Harris was found guilty of the murder of Sophie Lancaster, a crime that Ryan Herbert had already admitted to. The following day, Ryan Herbert and Brendan Harris were sentenced. Brendan Harris was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum term of 18 years that he must serve before he can be considered for parole. Ryan Herbert received life in prison with a minimum term of 16 years and 3 months. His sentence would later be reduced by 9 months following an appeal, arguing that a big enough reduction had not been given following his guilty plea. In February 2020, it was announced the following progress he had made in prison. Ryan Herbert's minimum jail term had been reduced by a year. Ryan Herbert pleaded guilty to Sophie's murder at the beginning of the court trial. This is him singing in a rap video as part of a youth project. He was 15 at the time of the attack. 
Today, his friend Brendan Harris, who was 15 as well, was also found guilty by the jury. After the verdict, police criticised his mother. She was laughing uh, during virtually all the proceedings of the arrest for murder, didn't take it seriously, and that obviously reflected in the behaviour of her son, who is, whose just conduct is just ignorant and arrogant and cowardly. Following the sentencing, Sylvia gave a statement outside the court. I stand outside this house of justice, not as Sophie's mother, but as her voice. Her voice that was cruelly silenced in a single, mindless act. I hope, therefore, that, as a society, we can use what has happened to reflect on where we are going and what changes we need to make to prevent others suffering in this way. Detective Superintendent Mick Gradwell of Lancashire Police said it was one of the most violent murders he had come across in his entire career. I do not think Herbert and Harris have recognised how violent the attack was. They have just done it without thinking, but they seem to have enjoyed it and carried on remorselessly kicking at two very defenceless people who were unable to protect themselves because of the level of violence inflicted upon them. I am very critical of some of the parents involved. I really don't think they have taken completely seriously how repulsive this incident was. In 2017, Robert Maltby gave his first full-length interview since the attack. Following Sophie's funeral, his mental health declined and he became reclusive. He received treatment and eventually felt ready to visit Sophie's grave and return to Stubby Lee Park. He studied illustration with animation at Manchester School of Art and moved there for his final year, but none of these moments felt like breakthroughs for him. They were both incredibly profound and entirely meaningless. There is no one big thing that snaps you out of it. It has been gradual and hard. To him, the media focus on their appearance in the aftermath of the crime felt like a form of victim-blaming. Besides being patronising, the goth thing was also an oversimplification of a much broader social issue. Life hasn't progressed in these poor areas. There is still that dissatisfaction, that stagnation. These areas are still forgotten, and forgotten people will feel like, well, it can breed nihilism. I've never tried to demonise the attackers, and in many ways, they were victims. In 2014, Sylvia Lancaster was awarded an OBE by the Prince of Wales for her work in tackling hate crime. Despite the brutal murder of her daughter, Sylvia was determined that her death would not be in vain, nor would her daughter be forgotten. Brian Herbert and Brendan Harris murdered 21-year-old Sophie Lancaster because they didn't like the clothes she chose to wear. Moved by the senselessness of Sophie's death, 7,126 people have undersigned a petition to the Prime Minister to add crimes committed on the basis of a person's appearance or subculture to the existing list of hate crimes. Intolerance seems to breed intolerance. Because of their experiences, many victims of prejudice carry around their own negative stereotypes about the kind of people they think will treat them badly. Sophie's law won't solve the problem of prejudice, but it offers a starting point in tackling the discrimination faced by those who, like her, were proud to be different. Georgia Calvin-Smith, Channel M News. A charity was set up called the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, aimed at eliminating discrimination against people from alternative subcultures. The charity works to promote tolerance and acceptance for others, the Foundation's mission is to eradicate prejudice, hatred and intolerance. A fitting tribute to the intelligent, 
sensitive and kind-hearted Sophie Lancaster. If you would like to know more about the work of the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, I have left links in the description box below.